This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Really good hour on the way. We'll talk about what was a pretty uninspiring Monday night game last night. Game six World Series tonight. L.A. can really be title town second championship in three weeks. I'd also like to invite all of you to become snoops for me, if you will. So I was thinking about this. I was driving around, as I do regularly, listening to my friends on the Michael K. Show. They host Afternoons on ESPN Radio in New York. And I was thinking, maybe I've missed it, but I haven't heard Don LaGreca, who's one of the hosts there, just go off in a while. Like one of these crazy rants. And that got me thinking further. There's nothing I love more. Now that I'm back doing talk on the radio, which I have missed and I'm really happy to be doing it again, there's nothing I love more than hearing a talk show host just lose it, just lose his or her mind on some subject that is incredibly important to them. So what I'm going to start doing on the show, my idea is I want to do a rant of the week. It won't be mine, but I'm asking you to submit nominees As you drive around, if you're listening to the same radio station, wherever you may be, that my show is on, and you hear the host on that, on on any show on that station, just lose it. Just lose his or her mind over something. Tweet at me. Just use the hashtag Greeny. Hashtag Greeny with a Y. Tell me who it was and how we can find it. My crew will listen to him. We'll choose one a week and we'll play the rant of the week because I miss it. And of course, something will move me to do one. Normally, it's been the Jets. But the Jets have now, I've reached that, that, the seventh stage of sports fan mourning, which is I'm no longer paying attention. They can't make me angry. I can't be angry enough at the Jets to even bother. I can't muster the energy to be that excited about it. That four yards of offense in an entire half of football, and I didn't even really care. That's where they've left me. So I don't think the rant is coming from me, but maybe you will find one. And speaking of rants, you know who every once in a while will unleash a good one with us in the mornings on TV on Get Up? One of my absolute favorites, former cowboy, now one of the stars of the newly revamped NFL Live on ESPN, my buddy Marcus Spears, who's with me on the Shell Pins Oil Performance Line. Hello again, Swagoo. My brother from another mother. What's up, dude? <laughs> So I, I want to ask you about a bunch of things that are going on. One of them just happened. So this Des Bryant thing is now official. I was looking at a tweet from Dez who tweeted that he's so excited and happy that he's crying as he is now signed with the Ravens. Um, you know, here we have Antonio Brown signing with the Buccaneers and we're talking about whether that's going to put them over the top for a championship. What do you think of Dez Bryant signing on with the Ravens in the way that he is? Do you think there's a real chance at this stage of his life that he can make a difference for that team? I absolutely do, G. And mm-hmm. Listen, a part of it is, I got to be honest with you, my affinity for Dez and seeing how much he's grown, how hard he's worked to get back to this point, I have to have respect for that. But also when you look at the Ravens and their makeup, Dez was a 50-50 ball guy. He hadn't lost that. He can still catch it at a high clip. Um, And being in this offense will probably get him one-on-one matchups quite a bit. Now, it's still to be determined – 
if he can make those plays. But the Saints signed him. They wanted to see what it was like. Um, Dez was prolific in the time that I saw him from the time he was a rookie up until things ended in Dallas. But it, it's just one of the it's, – it's one of the – I hope it's one of those stories, right? We got – we got Cam right now, who we don't know what what's going to transpire as the season goes further. Um, but this could be another one of those stories of a guy of having the idea that a guy is done, and certain situations and circumstances happen or transpired that caused it not to be that he just had to go, and then he tears his Achilles uh, in New Orleans when they had signed him. So to try to go resurrect himself in Baltimore with this offense with Lamar Jackson, his opportunities will be there to make plays when he gets on the field. I think Dez could be very successful because he's not going to be asked to be a 1,200-yard-a-year receiver, and he's not going to be asked to carry the full weight offensively and be the guy that's – but he can fit into this piece, sort of like an Anquan Bolden situation. G, now stick with me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Anquan Bolden was a great player, great player, but he was physical. He could get open, and he could win one-on-one matchups. And I think that's what Baltimore sees in Dez Bryant. Now it's still to be seen. He's been out of football, but based on everything he's done in his career, that's him. Yeah, I just looked it up. He's only thirty-one. I, I think people might have yeah, thought he was older than that. Yeah. So he'll have a shot, and we'll see what will happen. I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, your thoughts on it, and we'll, we'll root for that. I think it would be a good story if he's there. We'll see if that's the piece that makes some difference for Baltimore. They have the huge game this weekend against the Steelers. Meanwhile, I've been waiting here to ask you about your thoughts on your team, and, um, and which is the Cowboys. And, and I, was, I was listening again to the Jerry Jones soundbite that we got right at the end of our show today of Get Up This Morning, and then I saw you were immediately on – with Stephen A. and Max on first take. And I know Stephen A. said today he believes that Mike McCarthy will only have one season in Dallas. Do you think if this thing doesn't get better, if, if they wind up something like 4-12, and 12, do you think Jerry Jones really does just blow the whole thing up and try and start over again? My experience with him is no. The stubbornness won't allow him to admit he's wrong. But, gee, that's the direction that it should go. Or at the minimum, you find a new defensive coordinator. But I don't want to get too footbally because you asked a, a specific question. Mm-hmm. Should Jerry blow it up? Yes, he should. Jerry also should relinquish the general manager responsibility. And for years we made that statement. But he's not going to, right? Like, he's not going to see – if it can be done in another way. There's a guy by the name of Will McClay in Dallas right now that would be a great general manager. I'm telling you this based on what I know, who he is, his ability to evaluate and understand the talent and, and, and bringing in the right people to put them in a position to be successful. That's what he would do. He's not going to get that opportunity because Jerry wants to be the GM. And then Steven wants to be the GM after Jerry, after Jerry is done. So, Yes, because the message is not resonating. Gee, they're not getting any better. Let's watch. Let okay. Let's go football. Have the Cowboys gotten any better when it comes to a technique standpoint, uh, execution standpoint, um, 
being able to see and recognize things on defense and offense, no. It's the it's the it's the same team giving up the same type of plays, showing the same type of performance that they've been showing, even though Dak was masking a lot of things that were going on. Now it's not Mike McCarthy's fault that they turning the ball over. It's not his fault that Zeke is not playing well. That's not his fault. That's up to individuals. And I say it a lot of times, players get coaches fired. But in this particular instance, when you look at what a coach's responsibility is, it's not only to put players in a position to be successful, it's also to make sure you don't keep making the same damn mistakes. And they continue. Now, getting beat is one thing. Losing a a one-on-one or a receiver making a good catch or a good throw, that's one thing. But two weeks in a row, you got DBs with their eyes in the backfield and the guy running right past them. That's coaching. Offensively, you know that you're devoid of all of your offensive line talent and you still want to run the same plays and you still don't want to move the pocket around a little bit more. You don't want to get creative with what you're doing to try to help an offensive line that can't block people straight up. No, we're just going to let Washington football teams D-line whoop Andy Dalton all day Sunday. That's coaching. So if you ask me, should Mike McCarthy be gone? Yeah, because they're not improving. And the number one job for the coach is to see the problem, address the problem, and it not show up consecutive weeks after you've addressed it. Hmm. Marcus Spears with me here on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Outstanding insight in what's going on with the Cowboys where it doesn't seem to be getting any better anytime soon. I was really interested in our conversations this morning about Odell Beckham and You know him well. You've known him a long time. He's an LSU guy, as you are. And I know that you like him. And my sense is that everybody who knows him likes him. So he's now looking at being out for this season. And and a little tiny bit of a crossroads for him professionally when he returns. In your opinion, what's the right way for him to become, going into the future, the great player that he so clearly can be, the transcendent talent that he is. What does he need to have happen for him to maximize that starting next year? Uh, gee, harsh. But first, got to find a quarterback that can get him the ball. Hmm. That's number one. Number two is, even though Kevin Stefanski has done a tremendous job, this offense is not built to Odell Beckham's talent. All right? Odell Beckham needs to be a part of a might I say Buffalo Bills type situation? Might I say Kansas City Chiefs situation? Might I say Atlanta Falcons situation? I'm not giving out teams that he should go to. I'm talking about teams that that have guys that that need to be premier on the outside. We see what Stephon Diggs is doing when he got away from Kirk Cousins. We see what's happening. We see what's happening in Atlanta, even though they lose it. Julio always makes an impact. Calvin really is making an impact. That is the that is the conundrum in Cleveland. Um, I, I firmly believe that that was the plan. This team is built on running the football. Their quarterback making sure he makes two or three good throws and not turn the ball over every game. And this is not the fit anymore. And quite frankly, G, Jarvis Landry, we don't think of Jarvis Landry as the same player we think of as when he came out of Miami. Am I wrong? No. Okay. So 
Baker Mayfield, for the numbers and all of that, yes, may be better without Odell Beckham Jr. because he's seeing the field and he's using everybody at his disposal. But I don't understand still how that's Odell Beckham Jr. fault. You telling me you're going to absolve a quarterback and a head coach for not being better because a certain player is on the field? What? In what world? So Odell Beckham Jr. still got a lot of juice left. Now, I told you this morning, he may be dealing with this whole injury thing now being a part of his sheet when teams are evaluating him. And that's a that's a that's a per, that's an issue that's real. He's been injured quite a bit, and now he's now he has to go to an offense that really does fit. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he'll still be in Cleveland, which I honest obviously don't think is the best place for him. But if we get Odell Beckham Jr. in the offense, or if we had Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and a good tight end in the offense that knew how to feature their passing game. And knew how, understood how to get him involved down the field, like Eli was doing in New York mm-hmm. early in his career. We'll be talking about him as the same player. And gee, let me just remind everybody. Gee, can I remind people of something? Of course. And I'm a whisper it. Odell Beckham Jr. caught for a thousand yards last year. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's, it's it's very convenient for him to be the problem. Now, now that he's injured, and you throw five touchdowns against the Bengals, but I probably prefer having when we play Pittsburgh or Baltimore than not. <laughs> he is Marcus Spears. You'll see him today and every day, four o'clock Eastern time, with Dan and Laura and Mina and the whole crew over there on NFL Live. Thank you, big fella. As always, my brother, love you. Talk You're the best. You, you too. Hey. The great Marcus Spears uh, with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I think he was trying to say something else there. I don't know what it was. Marcus, text me. Uh, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, I have a couple of different things that I want to get in before we finish up here um, for the moment. With busy hours still to come. We're going to do a little trivia here, not to co-opt the bit we do on, on Get Up Every Morning with my buddy Hembo, but these guys I was asking, we do a feature here called Fascinating Stats. And they're brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And so sometimes during a break, and I did it just a few minutes ago, I asked the crew, Nuno and Bubba and Cliff, who were sitting there, I asked, can you guys take a look through the packet, find me a stat? And they came up with one that sort of makes a nice trivia question. So, Bubba, go ahead and throw that out there. I have not, I have not seen the answer. No one has given me the answer. I want to see if I can get this right. Go ahead, Bubba. Give everybody today's fascinating stat. All right, this is from Elias. The Dodgers are one win away from winning the World Series. By doing so, Mookie Betts will become the fourth player in MLB, NBA, NHL, and NFL history to win a title with both Los Angeles and Boston-based teams. So that's, that's the, he'd be the fourth. Correct. Which suggests that there have been three previously. So the first, first question I asked is, are any of them hockey? Yes. Because if it's hockey, I'm not going to know. So who's the hockey? There's one hockey player, Sean Thornton. Okay. So he won for the Bruins and the Kings. Okay, fair enough. Bruins and the Ducks. Oh, and the Ducks. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Oh, so that counts. So Anaheim, so, so, so stand by. Does that bring the Angels into the conversation is my question. 
I mean, they are the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Of An- so. But they weren't when they won the World Series, were they? I believe when they won the World Series, they were the Anaheim Angels. Now, my memory of when these changes were made is it perhaps a tad foggy. But do I have that no, wrong? Uh, when they no, won the World Series, I no, thought they, they were the Anaheim Angels. They definitely were. I, I agree with your assessment. That is, when they were, when they won, they definitely were not um, a Los Angeles-based team. But I okay. think they're counting them part of the Los Angeles market. They must okay. be because because you know, one of the answers is is an, is an angel. If and, they're counting the Ducks, I mean, they, they must be counting Anaheim and the Los Angeles. Okay, market. fair enough. So 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 there's two left basically. There's Thornton and there's Mookie and there's two more. One of them is easy. One of them is Rajon Rondo, right? Who just won the championship for the Lakers. So that that one is Correct. easy. And then I have been, I will admit that I have been thinking about this a lot since you asked it to me, and I hadn't even considered the Angels. So I had discounted. I was just thinking of Lakers and Celtics. Because I was thinking the last time the Dodgers won the World Series was 1988. There's no, obviously, no player left from that. So I thought it had to be a Laker and a Celtic. So if it is a baseball player, if it's an Angel and a Red Sox, then I haven't given it any thought. So if it's that, just tell me who it is. It is that. Okay, then I'm not going to. Who is it? It is John Lackey. Oh, you know what? That's... I actually could have gotten that. Yeah, so it's actually not that. So. That's not a bad. Those are good. I mean, they're, they're actually prominent players. Like yep. sometimes you think to yourself, it could exactly. be sort of an obscure player. Okay, well done. That's our fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. I do like trivia. I enjoy doing those. We've got to figure out more ways to do it because if you watch Get Up, you know I like it. If you listened to Mike and Mike, you know I always loved doing trivia questions. But that's pretty good. The four players, if Mookie Betts wins it tonight or tomorrow, he'd be the fourth player to win a championship for both an L.A. team and a Boston team. The others are Sean Thornton, John Lackey, and Rajon Rondo. Pretty good. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Next order of business, I need to offer the most important advice of the day. Bubba, give me the open. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Okay, unsolicited advice for today. This is the best one I will ever do. Mike Nolan is the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, and he has a problem. I'm not talking about his defense. I can't solve that. But you may have seen this. Yesterday, he went to meet with the media. He's sitting there talking to the press, and all of a sudden, he has to stop in the middle of talking because he rubbed his eye with his hand, and it turns out he had some hot sauce on his fingers that got into his eye And it bothered his eyes so much and distracted him so much that he couldn't go on with the conversation and he had to go clean his eye and then come back. We have the sound. Do we have the sound of it? Right. Baba, here's how it sounded. Uh, Obviously, the frustration for him as well is just, you know, look, when he misses them, nobody. Whoops, excuse me. I got something in my eye. Just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye. That wasn't good. Oh, it's terrible. Jeez. I'm sorry. All right, we're back. Jory, I guess I'll... Forgive me, I'm sorry. And I don't remember the question, if you give it to me again. Okay, so unsolicited advice. Again, Mike Nolan, your defense is really struggling. I can't help you with that. But I can help you with your Tabasco on the finger problem. Do you know who has never had Tabasco sauce on his fingers in literally his entire life? That would be me. And do you know why? Because I eat everything with a knife and fork. Literally everything. You name it, I eat it with a knife and fork. 
The answer is yes. Right now, wherever you are, if you're screaming out options at me, the answer is yes. I eat pizza with a knife and fork. I eat wings with a knife and fork. I eat sandwiches with a knife and fork. I eat everything, hamburgers, with a knife and fork for exactly that reason. I don't like to get things on the fingers. I don't like it. Not, I'm not as worried about it getting in my eyes. I don't like the way my, when your fingers smell after you eat something, you get mustard on there or ketchup or whatever it might be. Literally anything. I don't like the feeling of it. I also don't like my disgusticating hands eat, touching the food that I'm then eating at any time. I was germaphobic. I didn't need a pandemic to be a germaphobe. So I don't like any of that. So Coach Nolan, listen to me. The defense is struggling. I can't help you with that. I don't know what your what your three four should be morphing into. I don't know why your linebackers are struggling as they are. I don't know why you can't cover. I don't know why you're not getting to the quarterback. I can't help you with any of those things. But the Tabasco on the finger, I can solve that problem like that. Knife and fork for everything, my friend. Trust me, it works. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny with you at half past the hour. ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line in just a moment. I will tell you what the biggest story of the NFL offseason is going to be. But I'm really enjoying all of the reaction that's coming in to this knife and fork thing. So here's the deal. If you've been with me for years now, this is not news to you, but a lot of the members of the new staff here, Cliff and Nuno in particular, are thrown by what I've just told them. Again, I just offered unsolicited advice to Mike Nolan. It's the easiest thing in the world. He got a barbecue sauce or Tabasco sauce or something in his eye because it was on his finger and it caused him to have to walk out of a press conference. Again, I can't help him with his defense, but I can certainly help him with that problem. Eat everything with a knife and fork. So, Cliff, you seem not to believe me when I tell you that I eat everything with a knife and fork or a spoon. I eat soup. I, I like uh, so any sort of silverware. But yes, throw it at me. I'm, the tweets are flying in here. Uh, these are called the Dr. Pepper tweet line, right? Or the Twitter line. Uh, whatever it is, people are asking me, how about a cookie? Yes, I eat a cookie with a knife and fork. If it can't be eaten with a knife and fork, I'm not interested in eating the cookie. People are asking sandwiches. Yes, Reese's. Yes, I will eat a Reese's with a knife and fork. Throw one at me. Go ahead, Cliff, if you have one. I'm more than happy. I don't, to- even, I don't even have one. Like, do you eat pizza with a knife and a fork? Like, Always. I, I, I don't, 100%. I say, like, you have, like, a, a piece of, like, like, a chicken wing or something. Like, are you taking out Wings. a knife and fork yes. in front of someone and eating it? Yes. Like, like, Gladly. Do you no not problem. find that? You don't, you don't find that odd at all? 
No, I don't. I find myself clean is no, how I no, find no, it. Help me out here, please. So, have you ever had like M&Ms or Skittles or anything of that nature? In my get, life, yes. yes. But generally, no. And if I, no, I, Skittles, I don't particularly care for. The M&Ms I used to like a little bit. And I might, if I were to eat them now, I would probably eat them with some sort of protective device. Like I might have a napkin or something like that to use to eat them with. But I'm not going to get them on the fingers. I don't like any, I don't like food on the fingers. I'm just loving how shocked everyone is. Cause Me I mean, this, this is just, you know, I've known this for 15 years now. <laughs> for Bubba, this is old home week. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, John Passman wrote me, are you telling, he tweeted at me, are you telling me you ate Buffalo Joe's with a fork and knife? Yes, I did, friends. Buffalo Joe's is the wing place in Evanston. Uh, delicious. I ate there. I probably ate there. I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating. I ate eight meals a week there my senior year of college. Hey, how long have you been doing this for? How long have you been doing the fork? spoon thing for everything like you've eaten in your lifetime most of my life i would say certainly all of my adult life and probably i mean not as a child i'm not sure exactly when this affliction sort of came over me but for a very long time now a very long time i do not eat things with my hands i don't like it i don't like the way it feels i don't like anything about it there is a brilliant seinfeld episode in which mr pitt who is a funny character on Seinfeld, eats a Snickers bar with a fork and knife, and it sort of starts a trend. And I was furious when that aired because, like everything else, Jerry Seinfeld just took my life and put it on TV and became a billionaire. You have that, Bubba? Let's hear it. Uh, What the hell are you doing? I am eating my dessert. How do you eat it? With your hands? <laughs> That's exactly right. That, that, is, that is exactly right. So, yes. Go ahead, Cliff. Greeny, what was the first thought from your wife when she saw you pull out a knife and a fork when you were about to eat a slice of pizza? Well, you'd have to ask her. Um, but, but this may have started in Chicago because pizza is very different in Chicago. So I grew up in New York until I'm 18. And then I moved to Chicago for 11 years. Now, as you probably know, pizza... It does not. It's not the same entity. It's not the same food. When people ask me, "Do you prefer New York style pizza or Chicago style pizza?" I always say they aren't comparable to me, just because they have the same name. They're completely different foods. New York style pizza is a slice, and you fold it and you eat it with, um, you know, with a with you can you can eat it with a couple of napkins. If you have enough napkins, if I'm forced to hand eat a slice of a slice of pizza, so long as there is enough napkinry, then I'm generally okay. But there's, it requires significant napkinry in order for that to be an option. But if a fork and knife is an option, it's always preferable. What was Stace's reaction? Look, on the list of things that I think she's concerned about, this is so low. <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, as you guys get to know me better, again, we're all learning each other's idiosyncrasies. I mean, Cliff, you're the one who took a, a FaceTime call here whilst getting a massage the other day for a work. So, I mean, you know, we all it wasn't have a massage. Own, it was an adjustment. An adjustment. <laughs> well, you know, you know, tomato, tomato. You know what I'm saying? I, you, you claim it was an adjustment. I've seen no, no proof. I saw no chiropractor in the picture. The point that I'm making here, and we should get back to the sports conversation of the day, is that we all have our idiosyncrasies, and we're all just trying to figure out a way to live together happily. So I guarantee you, if we are ever able to eat a meal together as a group, as we came together, the four of us, in a pandemic, and have been in the same room, I think, twice, but if we are ever able to, I will gladly take you guys to lunch, and I will eat everything with utensils. And I will expect you to do the same. Okay, Greeny with you here. Let me get back to business. The biggest story of the NFL offseason, I think, is going to be 
quarterback musical chairs. And I give Nuno credit. Nuno brought this up in, in our note last night, and I want to I wanna really do a little research into this and do a, a really present a full package for you because I find it funny when I read the notes from each of the different NFL markets, there are basically two different kinds of teams in the NFL. There are those whose fans and media believe they're going to win the championship, and then there are those who say they should try and get Trevor Lawrence. Everyone in the NFL thinks they should get Trevor Lawrence. I'm here to tell you only one team is getting Trevor Lawrence. I think I know which team that's going to be, but that isn't even really the subject of this conversation. I think the Jets are going to go 0-16, but that really doesn't matter. The point is, there's only one of him. So all of these teams that are out there looking for quarterbacks that are going to have bad seasons, who are going to move on from their quarterbacks, they're going to need to look other places besides Trevor Lawrence. So Justin Fields, the kid from Ohio State, is a superstar. And then there's a lot of different directions you can look in. And one of them, I think, is going to be Atlanta. This was a long way of leading up to that. One of the notes I saw in the packet today was Matt Ryan quoted as saying he doesn't want to be traded out of Atlanta. And Atlanta is so close. The Falcons, I know that we say this all the time, and ifs and buts and candies and nuts and whatever that expression is, but the Falcons are like three plays away from being four and three. They're one and six, but the difference is three plays. They gave away a lead against the Bears. They gave away an onside kick against the Cowboys, and they lost with no time remaining against Detroit this past weekend. They're three plays away from being four and three. I don't think Matt Ryan has done at all. He's 35 years old. I misspoke earlier. I thought he was 36. He's 35. So I don't think he's going to get traded this week, but I do think he'll be on a new team next year. I think if you're the Falcons and you're going to rebuild, why would you rebuild around a quarterback who will then be 36 years old? And I think the relationship between him and the organization is really good. I think they will help him try and find a place he has a chance to go win. So the question is, what teams in the NFL are Matt Ryan away from winning a championship? The first one that came to my mind is Indianapolis. I think the Colts are Matt Ryan away from winning a championship. I think if Matt Ryan wound up there, he's had his whole career in a dome. He, I, I think that that will help you know, uh, prolong his level of greatness, however long he plays at this level. We can't expect everyone to be Tom Brady. What he's doing is not even human. But certainly Ryan could have another two or three years where you might make a run at it. I think he has more left than Phillip does. I think that the Colts might be Matt Ryan away from a championship. I don't think the Bears are. I think they have more problems than just their quarterback. I do think they need to find a quarterback, but I think they are more than that away from winning a championship. But it's an interesting question. What teams in the NFL are Matt Ryan away from winning a championship? We'll talk about that as we go. We also are, I'm very, very entertained by the number of people who don't believe me when I tell them I eat everything with a knife and fork. I, I don't know how better to explain it than to tell you that it's true. I will also tell you that for a chance to win 10 grand plus a virtual meet and greet with the Dan Lebitard Show gang, you can text Lebitard to 77333. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts. Limit one entry per day. See AdvanceAutoParts.com for details. Coming up next, I will tell you the one team that made a move today that I think might just win them the championship. That's next 
I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Oh, I'm enjoying the tweets. Just sitting here laughing out loud. All of them on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Dale tweets at me, you eat donuts with a fork, really? Yes, I do. I eat donuts with a fork. Tim, do you eat chips with silverware? Tim, I don't eat chips. Don't care for chips. Not a big chip thing. Um, again, Snap says to me, I want to see you eat wings. Let's go eat some wings. I love wings. Wings are my weakness. Ask anyone who eats with me. I went all over. I eat nothing but wings on golf trips, which is when I allow myself to eat whatever I want with no rules. Ask any of the guys on my golf trips. They will tell you I eat the wings with a fork and knife, always. Um, there was one other one in here, tacos. Uh, Greeny, how do you eat a taco with a fork and knife? Very easily. I only eat the soft tacos. I don't like the hard tacos anyway. You know, the crunchy, the crunchy shell tacos, they get all over the place. It's not easy to eat. It's almost impossible to eat with a knife and fork, which is why I don't do it. I like the soft shell tacos, and those are easy to eat with a knife and fork. I don't know why people think I'm kidding. I've been telling you this for years. I was also telling you a moment ago that one team, I think, made a perfect move today. It was a perfect situation. It's a move that you started hearing about days ago, but today it was official, signed, sealed, and delivered. Antonio Brown is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And this is exactly the right team to sign him. I told you last week, the team that should sign Antonio Brown is a team for whom he is a luxury. You don't want to depend on Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is, in football, the opposite of dependable. So if you are, if you're Baltimore and you sign him and all of a sudden you start building things around him, two, three weeks in, four weeks in, Lamar Jackson, favorite target. Oh, this is great. Oh, we're going to build a whole offense around him. Boom. 
Something happens and now all of a sudden he's no longer available to you or something just goes sideways. That's not a good situation. You don't want to depend on him. You want Antonio Brown to be a luxury. And that's what he is for Tom and Tampa. By the way, I don't believe for a second that that wasn't exclusively Tom Brady's decision. Months ago, Bruce Arian said he wanted no part of Antonio Brown. We have that? Bubba, let's hear that. This was Arian's several months ago when Antonio Brown's name first came up. This is what Bruce Arians, the coach of the Buccaneers, said. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> just, ah, there you it's go. It's not going to happen. There's, there's no room. Yeah. You know, um, you know and probably not enough money, but uh, it just, it's just not going to happen. It's not a fit here. Not a fit here. Not enough room. Then they got Tom Brady. Tom Brady went in there and talked Bruce Arians into it, and all of a sudden there was room. Here was Arians after the announcement that they're bringing in A.B. now. I think he's matured, and uh, I believe in second chances. Uh, you know, everybody wants to say that Tom picked him. Tom didn't have anything to do with it. This was some Jason I've been talking for a couple of weeks ever since the injuries to our other guys. If Antonio does what I think he's going to do, he's going to be fine. I'm not going to suggest that he's lying to you, but I don't believe that for a second. If you don't think Tom Brady had a lot to do with bringing Antonio Brown there, candidly, you're out of your mind. That was Tom Brady's move. Tom Brady endorsed it, backed it, and pushed it through. And I think it has almost no downside. Now, this is purely a football conversation we're having here. If you have all kinds of concerns about Antonio Brown and his history and the things, and there are still open investigations on the part of the NFL to look into them, those are an entirely different discussion. I'm not privy to the details of those. As far as what it is the NFL has found, will find, is going to find, and where that will come down. But from a purely football standpoint, after what happened in Oakland and all the rest of it, in my opinion, this is a situation with very limited downside. If it blows up completely, they're no worse off than they were. With Brady in that room, that locker room is solid as a rock. So I'm not worried about that one at all. And then as far as how much he might help them, well, he might just help them a lot because they have as diverse an array of weapons as any team in the NFL with Gronk suddenly getting it going and Scotty Miller is running, you know, deep routes and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all of that and Gronk and all, all these guys are good and Rojo and Leonard Fournette. Do you know what Antonio Brown is? If he's what he has been, he's the best of them all. He's better than any of those people I just named. And most of them are great. But Antonio Brown is singular. He is historically great. If he still has that. And if he doesn't, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And in this case, I think nothing lost. So I think it works out well. Before we run here, let me check the polls. I threw some poll questions up there. I asked you who you got for best team in the NFC. The Buccaneers got the most votes. I got 40% of the votes went to Tampa. 28% went to Seattle. 25% to the Packers. 7% went to the Bears. I will admit, I put that poll up yesterday afternoon. I sort of struggled with putting the Bears on it or not, but I thought if they won last night, they'd be 6-1. and It would be crazy not to have them on there. Suddenly, they just don't look like they belong. Bucks got 40%. AFC was closer, or at least the two top teams. Chiefs got 55% of the vote. Steelers got 36%. Titans, 5%. Ravens, 4%. The one thing I'll say is Baltimore plays Pittsburgh, 
this weekend. They will get their chance to vault themselves right back into this discussion. People have sort of forgotten them because the offense isn't clicking and Kansas City worked their defense. But we will see what happens here. Chiefs are number one. I've been telling you, I think the Steelers are the best team. Dodgers can win it all tonight. Enjoy the game here on ESPN Radio. I'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.